Good evening, everybody. We're glad that you're here with us tonight to celebrate Jesus. Amen. Very excited as we continue talking on prayer. I know last week it was very challenging as we talked on corporate prayer and how to pray when you're doing a, in a corporate setting, when we're not just focused on a spot, but on the whole field. Amen. That's what we talked about last week. Ed, your picture's a little different right now. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Lolly. <laughs> oh, good to see you here tonight. So, Marie, Delanda, Ed, all right. I know Mr. Bear's coming in. People are running a little late tonight. Well, we're going to continue to talk on prayer. My title, my message is Push. Pray until something happens. Amen. Pray until something happens. And then a uh, subtitle is Conversations with God. We all need to have them conversations. Amen. It's just great to talk to him. So I'm not showing up on the camera, but I'm here. <laughs> uh, okay. So why don't we open it in prayer and we'll get started tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day, Lord. We decree and declare this is a day you have made. And Lord, we choose to rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. We thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercies towards each one of us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, your mercy is new every day. And I pray that you, you would be with us, you guide and direct us. Lord, you direct our conversation tonight. And that the Holy Spirit would just open up our hearts and our minds that we could receive from you, Father. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, like I said, the title of my message is Push, Pray Until Something Happens. How many of you need something to happen, huh? <laughs> Amen. I always need something to happen, man. Uh, but we, we need to learn to have conversations with God and uh, to communicate with him in a powerful way so that he hears us. How many of you want God to hear you? Well, I do too, man. I want to, every time I open my mouth, I want him to hear me. Well, there's, there's probably sometimes you don't want him to hear you, but <laughs> we're going we're gonna to work on that conversation with him. So if you have your Bibles, it won't be up on the screen today, but 2 Chronicles chapter 20, you can look in your phone, 2 Chronicles 20, verses 1 through 6 is where we're going to read tonight. And... Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's powerful here, so I, I really enjoy it. Because how many of you ever had something come against you? You know, whether it be sickness, disease, people, whatever, you know. And so to get past that, this is what we're going to talk about tonight. How to pray to get past these things. So beginning at verse 1, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon tomorrow. The Lord proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. They came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court 
and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Amen. So we're in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. So, yeah, I, I know I already asked you, but it's in my notes, so I'll ask you again. Is there anybody here today that ever faced a problem, or you are facing a problem in life, that you don't know or you didn't know if you would get through it? You ever been through that? You didn't know if you were going to get through that problem. And, you know, I know that we've been through some tr trials in our life. It's like, Lord, how are we going to get through this? What's going to happen? How are you going to take care of this for us? And, and there's there's trials. You know, when we lived in a foreign country, my daughter Carly was getting ready to have a baby. It would be our number two grandson. And Delonda flew home for the birth. She was going to get home on the day she was having the baby. So she had the baby, and they called me. And Carly's crying. Because as soon as she had the baby, Toby... They took him to, they were in Riverside Kaiser. They had the baby. They took the baby and rushed him off to Fontana Kaiser. She didn't get to hold him. She didn't get to bond with him. They just took him away because of the, what was going on with him. I think it was breathing issues and stuff, not fully developed. And so a few months before this, Kenneth Copeland had come to the country we were in. Three, three, three weeks. And um, Kenneth Copeland ministered to Delonda and I, and he asked us, he said, do you guys want kids? <laughs> or they, no. <laughs> and uh, Delonda goes, um, my daughter's pregnant, no. And so he stopped and he prayed for a minute. And he goes, that's it. He says, don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. So Delonda and I walked out of there going, well, we weren't worried. <laughs> you know, apparently something's going to happen, you know. And, you know, and so we, we walked out of there just kind of um, pondering that. And so then now Cardi calls me and something's wrong. And she's crying and Greg is upset. And, and I'm, I'm in this...
began to recognize and declare who he is, it moved me as according to his word. And what I know in his word, it just began to move in me and in my heart to bring that peace to me of recognizing who he is. He reminded me of that prophetic word and I called him back and everything was good. And as that word came back into my spirit and I called Greg and Carly, we all had total peace. Because when God speaks a word to you, I mean, Kenneth Copeland doesn't know me from Adam. You know, I was with him three days in this country and he ministered to us at the end of that and it was just incredible. But he didn't know me. God spoke to him. God sent a man from America to that country to bring me peace in the situation. So when you recognize who God is, he can move on your behalf. So number one, recognize who you're calling on. Recognize who you're calling on. Recognize who God is. You know, um, Jehoshaphat established that the God he was calling upon was the God of heaven, the God of all creation. All creation. So, O Lord of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? This is where Jehoshaphat goes with it. I mean, he's got a couple hundred thousand men coming against him to go to battle, and he's just declaring who God is. And I, I, I like to do that, to declare who God is. You know, what he can do. And not to remind him of who he is, but to remind me of who he is so that I'm not shaken and I'm not moved by every circumstance. So to get a better comprehension of what he's declaring, go out in the desert and look up at night at all the stars. You ever do that? I know, Delonda, we have a place called Afton Canyon we like to go to. And it's out past Barstow about 35 miles. And then you get off the 15, go right about four miles. And there's a campground out there. And we were out there at this campground and there was nobody else there. There was no light there. It was just the light that we had from our campfire. And then you look up and man, all we saw were stars. It was beautiful. But um, in 2005, the astro astronomers focused the Hubble Space Telescope into a space for 28 hours. They had that telescope, 28 hours, which is the, represents the longest time exposure of any telescope in history, 28 hours. And they successfully imaged and took photos of all the galaxies except some of what was called dwarf galaxies. They were able to observe more than 10,000 galaxies. I mean, we, we think of our galaxy as, you know, being, but they observe 10,000 galaxies. That is a lot. And give the observed uniformity of the cosmos on large distant scales, researchers then do the math, more than 10,000 galaxies multiplied over the whole area of the sky, total 2 billion galaxies. That's a lot. No, I said that wrong. <clears throat> 200 billion galaxies. 200 billion galaxies are out there, Anton. They're out there. And, you know, and we get to sit here. You can't see it here because we have that layer of smog and junk here. But when you get out in that desert, in the high desert, man, and it opens up to you, it is beautiful. And so the total number of stars with the estimated 10 billion trillion stars contained in the unobserved dwarf galaxies 
there are somewhere around 50 billion trillion stars make home in the observable universe. 50 billion trillion stars. That's a lot of stars. That's a lot to look at. And our God made them. He made them. He made the heavens and the earth. Amen? That's what Jehoshaphat declared. You made the heavens and the earth. He's recognizing who God is. He's declaring who God is. And you know, sometimes we may not understand it all. I mean, I can't even fathom 50 million, billion, trillion, whatever stars. I can't even fathom that. But he's God. And he created it all. I see you, Ed. So in Psalms 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. The heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare God. Amen. The heavens show that there is a creator. And, and that's why he talks about in Romans 1, you know, that nobody can say that they didn't know there was a God because of creation because of the universe, because of all the stars that are out there. And Jehoshaphat actually started out by acknowledging God above all. And that's how we need to approach him in prayer. When, he, when Jesus said, pray like this in the Lord's Prayer, he said, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, and, and that means, you know, we start off prayer by praising God, by declaring who he is, amen, by exalting him, by just sharing with our hearts with him of who he is and what he has done and, and standing on that, amen. He's not trying to build God's confidence in what he's saying. He is, A, stirring up his own faith. How many of you know we got to stir up our faith? You know, I mean, Paul even told Timothy, stir up the faith of God that's inside of you. Stir it up, you know. And uh, get moving on it. Allow your faith to get going. And as you do, you'll start seeing things happen in your life. And then B, he was reminding himself to who God really is. You know, because in our, in our lives, in our life's issues, we can realize that we need God. But we can also lose sight of who he is because of our issues. You know, of what's going on. We lose sight of, of who he is. And it makes it um, challenging to make that stand, to, to keep reminding ourselves, that C, remind himself of the potential power of God that can be unleashed on behalf of his people. If, if God can make 50 billion trillion stars, don't you think he could heal you? <laughs> I mean, he created all that. Can't he come down and, and just touch you today? Can he heal you, deliver that from, from what you've been going through? Can he supply enough money for you for what you have need of? Can't God do that? Can't God supply you with a place to live? I mean, can't God, you know, supply you with food to eat? I mean, can't God? He created a 50 billion trillion stars. He is the God of the universe. And so the stuff that we're going through, and I don't want to discredit what we're all going through, but let's give credit to God because he's big enough to do it all. I had one guy... Ed, you're just having fun tonight, man. Just mute everything. Except me. <laughs> okay. So, when you get hit, hit with things, in Jehoshaphat's case, 
There was a huge army that come, was coming against him. But for you, it, it may be a debt, maybe a bill that's unexpected, a sickness, a divorce, a relationship issue. You know, we've all been hit by things, and it may not be a huge army, but it may be life and death to us. And so, you know, but recognizing who God is, that God can and will bring you through it. Amen? I mean, I don't question that. God's going to bring me through. If he doesn't bring me through and I die, so be it. I'm good. Bye. <laughs> I'm good with that. It's just, I'm ready. Anytime he says, let's go, Ron, I'm like, mm, adios. <laughs> I'm going, you know. But I, I trust him. Even in a life-death situation, I trust him that he's got it. He's got a handle on it. So when, when we get hit and we, can't, and we can tend to get our focus off of the ish, issue, we can get our focus on the issue and off of God. Because, you know, I, I believe the enemy tries to throw issues at us. When I say the enemy, I mean the devil, the one that does not love you, the one that does not want you to serve God. He'll throw issues at you so that you lose your focus off of Jesus. So that he can get your... Remember, because James, it says, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. So as long as we stay submitted to God, we're resisting the devil. But when we start looking at what we're resisting and we focus on that instead of God, we lose focus we start doing what we're trying to resist. So it's just focusing on God, putting your eyes on things above. Amen? So the first thing Jehoshaphat does is he called the people to fasting. How many of you like to fast? <laughs> you like the way you feel, but I like to, I like to eat, not going to lie, but I do fast. And... Uh, it's fasting chokes out your flesh. Fasting is where, you know, you're desiring something and you're resisting, you're putting your flesh down. Like in, in this case, we're talking about food. You put the, put the food so that when your hunger pains come, it doesn't mean you sit and think about food, it means you pray. You start calling on the Lord. You start praying. And so first thing Jehoshaphat did is he called the people to a fast. Fasting puts your attention on the Lord. Then he called the people together to join him. So fasting and community coming together, together we're better. Amen. You know, the, the devil, he, he's such a liar. He'll tell you, don't share with them people what you're going through. They'll judge you. Don't share what your battle is. They'll, they'll kick you out. See, the devil tries to, he tries to keep everything in the dark because darkness hates the light because he knows that once you reveal him, he's done. So when you come and you come to the altar and you say, hey, I'm really, I'm going through this. I'm really in a battle. You know, I need you to pray for that. It was like, Okay, and you know, for me, this is how it is for me. God's done amazing things in me in the sense that I'll pray for you right then and there, and then I'll forget what I ever prayed about. I, it's like he races my head when I walk out the door. I'm like, 
Yeah, I pray for Lolly today. I can't remember what she's going through, but praise God, I know God's got her. Lori, right? I call her Lolly because that's her Facebook name. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, he, get, he gathers the people together. And like I said, together we're better. If we can reveal, if we can uncover the darkness and let the light come into it, we're going to get a lot further. Don't believe the lie of the devil. I mean, if you're molesting a kid or something, yeah, we might do something about that. You know, <laughs> I mean, because we're all, you know, by law, as, as a pastor, I'm re required to report that. But, um, you know, if you're struggling with something, you know, you got to reveal it so that God can get to work on it with you. Amen? Matthew 18 and 19 and 20, it says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. If we come into agreement, he says it's going to be done. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So because we're here tonight in agreement for the Lord, amen, he's, his presence is here. That's why when the worship leader says, I, I know the presence of God is here, it's because we come together in agreement and the word of God declares that he is there. I am there in the midst of them. So when we agree, so when, when you come and you say, hey, I need prayer for this, and we agree, God's going to touch that thing. God's going to do something, amen? God's going to do something. I believe that. I don't doubt it. I, you know, because he says, if you doubt then you have a, you're double-minded. He says, so don't doubt. When we pray, agree, and then believe. So then it stops, stops affecting your emotions, and it allows you to go in the peace of God. God's got this. It happened Sunday for you. Yes, it did. And, and you just took that word, and you just... So, and this is what Jehoshaphat does. He gathers the people with purpose to fast and to pray. Even with the army out there, he didn't go right after that by petitioning God. Because when you see the army, you want to, oh God, there's an army coming against me. Could you intervene? Could you help us? Could you tell us what to do? He didn't do that. He didn't go after the problem first. He went after recognizing who God was first. He went off declaring who God is. And then he called the fast. Then he called the people to prayer. So even with the army out there, he didn't go right after the petition. And a lot of times we just petition God. Oh, God, please touch Delonda today. She's got a headache or, you know, whatever. But touch Edwin today, you know. Touch Lolly today. You know, we, we, a lot of times we just jump in on the petition. But Jehoshaphat took the time to recognize who God was first. He took time to exalt God. And, and that's when, you, when you're exalting God, you get your focus off your stuff. You know, and, and then he, he recognized who God is, and he confessed it. He spoke it out. He, he is, number two, engaging in relationship. Engaging in relationship. You know, I read about crucifixion. You know, I mean, we just went through Easter a month ago, and I think on the crucifixion and all that. And, um, but when, when Jesus was on the cross, 
the veil in the temple was torn in two pieces. Now, it wasn't a sheet. It was a very thick curtain that had the holies of holies from um, going in, you know, that you couldn't go in except for the priest. And it was tore down from the top down in the middle. And what it did, you see, once a year, the priest was allowed to go behind that curtain and sprinkle blood on the altar, the Ark of the Covenant, once a year. And so every priest only got to go once in their lifetime. And so what that was, was that was that curtain was a separation between man and God. And once a year, the priest would have to consecrate himself. He'd have to wash. He'd have to bathe. He'd have to um, purify his heart before God, confess any sin he could think of, you know. And then they'd, he'd take the blood up from the, the bull and he would bring it back there and he would put it on the mercy seat. And what God did when Jesus died was he tore that curtain in half. He tore it down. We were watching the Son of God the other night, and it was, it was just beautiful to see, you know, that veil torn in two and just falling to the ground. You know, because what God did is he took, a re- he took away the separation between man and God. That's what Jesus did. He gave us access that we could come to him, that we could go in and we could talk to him, amen? So by the grace of God, we have relationship with him. Everybody say relationship. We don't have to be separate from God. We can have relationship. We can come in, we can go out. We can come in, we can go out. We can have that relationship. And that, to me, is a beautiful thing. You want to say something? Well, I just wanted to say that ever since I got my daily decree prayer book and I started decreeing and declaring the prayers, it has brought even a closer relationship um, no separation at all because before like you said you you start in as like please lord bless so and so or touch so and so but he's already done that work he's already given us the authority to do it so when i start decre- declaring and decreeing i'm taking up my authority and using my authority that he has given me and it activates faith and it activates a relationship that I can't explain until you start doing it yourself. Amen. And it's just, it's beautiful when you take up the authority that he's given you instead of always handing it back to him, something he's already done. All right. There's microphones on the front row here if you have any questions you want to ask or whatever. So, Jehoshaphat continues in prayer. And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might that no one is able to withstand you? He's just making a declaration of who God is. Aren't you the all-powerful one? Aren't you? There's no one that can stand against you. That is who my God is. No one's going to stand against you. Amen? And, you know, and then, I mean, I've taken it further. And I know that there is no army that's going to overrun me. Amen? There's no army that's going to overrun us. There's no sickness that will befall us, that will take us out in the name of Jesus. Because by his stripes I am healed. See, that's, I just go into it. I get going. So, but he declares that God is the God of power. And it's not past tense. It was 
present tense that he said that in. It's active, it's moving, it's living, it's available, it's vital power. God is all-powerful today, amen? Today he's all-powerful, amen? Don't ever call me if you want me to pray for somebody to die. I, I, I just, it's just not in me. It's just, whether, I mean, because I'll go in there and pray for healing and then they'll die, you know? whatever but i just don't have it in me to pray lord take them somebody asked me one day they said well couldn't it be that their death is their healing you know that they died and they've received their ultimate healing i struggle with that one because i've never seen jesus do that i never seen him pray for a sick person and they died I seen him pray for a dead person and then they lived, but I never seen him pray for a sick person and they died. To me, that's on me for lack of faith. Well, isn't it that when you die, you died of that sickness, so you weren't healed? Right. And it, that's what it's talking about is that we have the authority to heal because of his death. But the thing is, is the only thing that's restored and healed is the relationship with the Lord to be out of. The physical body is to be present with the Lord. Okay. So it's not just power that has potential, but it's rather a power that is moving and has a proven record of performance. That's the God we serve. Jehoshaphat is recognizing all this. He knew the history of what God had done. Jehoshaphat knew about the Red Sea opening up. Jehoshaphat knew about how God fed the nation of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness by raining down manna from heaven. He knew about that. He knew about how God sent fire down from heaven, how he caused the axe head to float. You know, these are all Old Testament um, things that happen. Yeah, you know, and how the, he made the donkey talk. Can you imagine? What would you do if the donkey turned around and talked to you? I think I'd fall off that donkey. <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, Balaam's riding that donkey and the angel of the Lord is standing there with the sword and the donkey took off and run out in the field and Balaam's beating him like, what are you doing? And, you know, and the donkey's like, hey, don't you see this guy right here? You know, and Balaam's like, what are you talking about? I mean, it's just funny to me that he engaged the donkey in conversation. <laughs> you know, it, it's... Uh, the donkey talked. And then the false prophets could not withstand the power of God and him consuming Elijah's sacrifice. Remember on Mount Carmel, there was 400 worshipers of Baal and there was Elijah. And he, he said, you make a sacrifice and call down fire from heaven from your God. Well, they danced around, cut themselves and everything and, and did that and nothing happened. And Elijah put out his sacrifice and he said, pour water over it all. Oh. And then he said, pour water over it again, pour water over it again. So his sacrifice was soaked. And then he called down fire from heaven and God consumed the whole thing. God is all powerful, amen? Yes. You know, we could go on and on on this subject for a while. It's not just a power that created the heavens, but the power is still moving and defeating the armies of the enemy and bringing victory into our lives, Amen doesn't mean we don't go through things. 
The enemy came against Jehoshaphat. Doesn't mean we're not going to go through things. We're going to go through things. We are going through things. We've all gone through things. You know, but G when Jesus walked on the earth with the power of the Holy Spirit working in him, he healed blind eyes. He opened deaf ears. I remember one day I was in a country and the lady came and told me she was deaf in her left ear. I snapped my fingers. I said, be open. And her, her ear opened up. She screamed. She jumped up and down, hugged me, and I never saw her again. <laughs> to me, it was, it was just fun. You know, I'm just... You know, um, the mute began to speak. The dead were raised. He cast out demons. The healed were paralyzed. I mean, the, he healed the paralyzed. We were in a country one time, and this lady had had a stroke and was paralyzed on her right side. She drug her right leg, and her right arm didn't move. And I prayed for her, and I, I just started pumping her arm up and down, her right arm up and down, and I was stomping my right foot, and I was praying, and I was praying, and she couldn't understand a word I was saying because she didn't speak my language, and I didn't speak hers. So I'm just praying, and I'm pumping that arm up and down, pretty soon I let go, and she's waving that arm, and she's jumping up and down, and, and the Lord totally restored everything that was paralyzed. It was a beautiful sight, huh? It was, it was great. You know, when you see stuff like that, man, you... When you see the power of God move like that, we had one lady that I prayed for, and um, the next day we got in the car to leave, and she was in the car with us, and she said um, that she could breathe, and she felt real good. And, and um, I didn't realize until I went to, I shared with uh, another church, I said, God cares about the common cold. This lady couldn't breathe good and had a cough, and and he, he touched her and he healed her. And, and my translator was the same translator. He goes, oh, I didn't tell you. She had emphysema it, it's for 10 years and she could barely breathe. And the Lord healed her. She, and I'm like, no wonder she was so excited. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you ever had a hard time breathing with her, but that lady, she, the breath of life came into her and healed her. And it was beautiful. And, um, but it, it, it goes on and on. You know, the word says there's not enough um, books written to contain all that Jesus did. So let me ask you a question. How is your relationship with him? You know, do you recognize who he is and are you building a relationship with him? Are you connecting with him? Are you getting to know him? Are you reading your word? Are you praying? Are you having conversations with God? That's the title on this is Conversations with God. We all need to have them conversations, amen? We need to learn to talk to him. And I approach him the same way I would talk to you right now. Hey, God! <laughs> you know, I, I not only remind him who he is, I remind him what I've done. See, because it says if you tithe, that he will rebuke the devourer for you. So I think about, okay, well, where am I being devoured? Is it in my health? Is it in my relationships? Is it in my finances? Wherever the enemy's coming at me, I'm tithing. And um, I know Joe Prieto, he's, he's been in a battle in the hospital. You know, they, they took him to Kaiser Los Angeles today and Lorraine called me, and she was trying to stay focused because, you know, he was having a real hard time breathing, you know, and, 
And uh, I just shouted out over the phone. She put me on speakerphone, and I prayed, you know. But I, and, I, and I declared, God, rebuke the devourer for him. He's a tither. He's a giver to you, God. You intervene on his behalf because that's what your word says. You are the rebuker for us. You fight for us. You fight on our behalf. Jeanette? I mean, you, just right now, I think you kind of said it, but sometimes I wonder if it's okay the way I, I do it because I call him out on it. You know, I, I call him out on his promises, kind of like I would call out somebody who made a promise to me, you know, here. You know, is that sometimes I think I'm being disrespectful because <laughs> like, yeah. I talk to him just like I would you know, the next yeah. person, but... I think we need to practice reverency to him. <laughs> <laughs> he is God. He brought you into this world. He can take you out. <laughs> well, I think it depends on how you say it, but I think that when you're declaring it, you're putting it in the airways, and not only are you reminding yourself and you're letting God know that you know and believe what his word says, but you're also putting the enemy on notice. Yeah. Getting the word in you is important. So um, let's see. Jehoshaphat saying, God, I know you can do it. And, and I've heard people say, I know God can do it, but will he do it for me? I've heard that question a lot from people. I know God can do it, but I don't know if he'll do it for me. You're special. Right. We're, we're not, he loves us all the same. So if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. Amen? God, I know you will do it. You will deliver your people. And we, we need to have that faith that that's what he says he's going to do. Don't let your faith waver. I mean, I've prayed for a lot of people. I, I mean, I can't even imagine how many people I've prayed for because some of our meetings overseas are very big. And so... You know, and I go through and I lay hands on them. I know I did one meeting with over 700 Pakistanis. I laid hands on every single one of them people. I put my hand on their forehead and prayed for them. So I know we've prayed for thousands and thousands of people. But I, I know this, not everybody got healed. Not everybody got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. But there was a lot that did. I, I just wanted to go back really quick and about... Um you know, you ask, um, but will he do, do it for me? And uh, like you, I've heard that a lot as well. And to me, this just came in my spirit. When you do that, you're insulting God's love. Like he's not a big enough God to love you past your junk. You're putting all the junk up there. and yeah. you're, you're, you're reminding him of you feeling unworthy. And God doesn't that doesn't need to be reminded of that. Well, I'll give you a good example of that. Had a, I knew a guy that needed hip replacement. And we were praying for people, anointing them with oil and praying for them, but he didn't come. So I went to him after service. I said, you need a hip replacement surgery. Why don't you come down there? Maybe God will do that miracle for you today. And he said, uh, yeah, I, I think those people need it more than me. I'm like, no, they didn't. I think sometimes people do that um, so that they won't be disappointed and they're already putting an excuse up there of why it's not going to happen. So that's not faith. 
and it's a pride thing as well. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of emotions involved in all those kinds of things, and we just need to lay him down at his feet and know he's a big, big God. Amen. He is. He's a big, big God. So let us br- let us bring it down to us. God, I know you will heal me from cancer. I know you will. God, I know you'll deliver me from arthritis. God, I know that you will deliver my kid from drugs and alcohol. God, I know you will bring salvation to my kids. God, I know you will save my husband or my wife. You got to get into the knowing that he's going to do it. Amen. That his promises are yes and amen to who? Them that believe. So his promises are for everyone that believes in him. And if you believe in him, his promises are yes. Then, you know, it's just discovering his promises. That's why I keep reading the Bible. (laughs) I keep going through it because I don't know all his promises, but I want to. Well, you know, God, the word of God says that there's only, um, that faith is the only way to, you know, not the only way. I am quoting it wrong. But it, that God's heart is blessed when we have faith. Mm-hmm. I forget how it went in the word, but, but that he is never going to not honor when you have real faith. Yeah, and, he, and he said, you don't have to have a lot of faith. You just got to have a little bit of faith. And believe that God's going to do it. I mean, he said, have the faith of a mustard seed. You can speak to that mountain. That mountain will be cast into the sea. You know, mustard seed. I have a bottle of mustard seeds in my office as a reminder. God will do it. God will do it. I just got to believe that, that much. God will do it. And, and the, the other thing that we have control over is our tongue. Because God operates off what you say. So if you say, God's not going to heal me. You say, um, God is not going to come through for me. God is not going to supply what I need. Whatever you're declaring, Mark chapter 16, verse 20 says that God will um, honor what you say. He'll confirm what you say, either by doing the miracle or by not doing the miracle. He'll confirm what you say. That's what the word says. And I know, like I look at you, Robert, we've been praying for Ray for a long time. God says he's going to confirm that word. So let's just keep standing on that, keep believing for Ray, you know, and believing God's going to do it. Amen. I know Scott Allen, who just moved to Wisconsin. (laughs) You know, he's been battling um, his feet. What is that called? I don't know, but it's from diabetes. His feet, extreme pain. Neuropathy in his feet for years now, you know. I mean, he even broke two bones in his feet, and he didn't even know how he did that, you know. Uh, now, God didn't hasn't totally taken away the neuropathy, but... He had those two bones broken in their feet, and they looked at him and said, well, how are you walking? You know, how are you getting around right now, you know? But uh, he just kept, kept going, keep praying, kept believing, is standing, and so God's done an amazing work there. He just needs it to be complete, amen? So God knows Jehoshaphat, for Jehoshaphat, the power was not in his warriors, 
but in God fighting for them. You know, we don't always have the, the, the strength to get through it. We don't always have uh, the strength to overcome what the situation we're in, but God does. That's why we need each other, to encourage each other, to be able to pray for one another, to be able to encourage one another. You know, like this Friday night, we're having a healing service here. And we're going to anoint and pray for every sick person that comes in on Friday night. But they got to fill out paper. I want to know who they are, what, what the doctor says about them. You know, do they know Jesus? I want to know all that before I pray for them. And then I could take all their names, put them in a database, and just send them an encouraging word once a week. It says to carry each other's burdens because, I mean, if you think about it, when a person's hurting and they're wounded whether they're physically or emotionally or spiritually wounded, well, how are they going to fight a battle? You don't put a wounded person in the middle of a war. Right. And we need each other to battle and pick up that battle for us. Amen. So God, the God we know that our answers are not in numbers, but our answer is in power to deliver. God has the power to deliver us make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way, right? So let's apply this. Getting towards the end. I'm running out of pages. Recognize it. Start your prayers not with petitions, but with recognizing who God is. And, and speak it out. Who is he according to the word? And who is he according to you? Speak it out by faith. Is in your relationship with God, do you identify with him? Or have you had a hard time identifying with God? Is there limitations that you have on your life that you can't identify with God? Is there, you know, sometimes we get hurt and we have a hard time looking past our hurt to identify with an all-powerful God because we want to know why he let us get hurt. Why did he let us go through this? And this is where you got to press into him, not, not hold him at arm's length. This is where we got to draw near to God and he says, I'll draw near to you. And I know, you know, Delonda went through things that she experienced in life and, and God took her in a time where God showed her how he was there with what she was going through, how the battle was, he was there in the battle. And, and that's what we need, you know. Um, how do you identify with God? And that's, that's where you got to get the understanding. That's where you got to get, get through. Do you want me to share that testimony real quick? In sure, the sense come that... Come stand up in front of the camera. Oh, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> so, um, little to your right. I was um, sitting right over here on the front row, and we were on staff. And I, I so struggled with identifying with the Lord because I'm an intimate person. So I'm always wanting to touch, 
you know, someone and look into their eyes. And I so badly wanted God to just come down and give me a hug because I'm a hugger. And I just wanted him to just be tangible. And he just wasn't doing it. And I felt a, a real um, kink in the chain in a sense, you know, to where I just couldn't connect with them. And um, all of a sudden, it was like the finger of God talking to me in my head, the finger of God directed my eyes, and all he said was, you see that person over there? And immediately, my eyes focused on the person, and he goes, that's me in them. The thing you love in them, that's me. And I was like, oh. and he did it three times to three different people. And ever since then, I connect with God in his attributes, his goodness, his the glory, you know, and you see someone with Christ in them and they're, they've got the fruits of the spirit and they're, you know, maybe they're kind or they're loving or they're gentle or um, long suffering or whatever it is. And you can connect with the attributes of God when and make it tangible because just about everybody has something of the fruits of the spirit that they're, they're strong in. And you can look at people, and I, that's probably why I love people so much, because I can look at people, and I can, I can see God in them. And it helps me to connect with the Lord that more tangible. So I go to give that person a hug, and I'm hugging the Lord. So I don't know if that works for you, but that's how it worked for me to connect with the Lord, because he's not just up there somewhere, and I'm not praying to air to somebody who might not even know I'm a alive, another ant on the planet. It brought him to me, tangible, that I could touch, that I could feel, that I could see his, his attributes playing out into our lives Amen. and love who God is. Amen. Yes, it definitely connected me to his people, and I love loving his Amen. people. So there's a dynamic secret of knowing how to come into God's court. You ready? Recognize you're not coming to a man. You're not coming to a man. You're not coming to a vessel or an instrument that is simply being used by God as a channel for blessing. You're coming to your very own Heavenly Father. You're coming to God. You're coming to God. <clears throat> the God who created the heavens and the earth. And you're speaking directly to Him. Because that veil in the temple was torn down, we now have access to God in the spirit, amen, that we could come in face to face with him. Oh God, you are God. There is no other God beside you. You are the creator of heaven and earth. In your right hand there is power and might so that nothing is able to stand with, withstand you. There is no sickness you cannot heal. There is no problem you cannot solve. There's no power you cannot overcome. You are God. Everything in heaven and earth is under your power. You are above all. And now let's just take a moment and let's declare that together. Amen. As we finish out this evening. Father, you are God and we love you so much. You are God. You are Savior. You're the King of glory, Lord. You're the, you are the one who 
parted that Red Sea. You are the one that sent your spirit to us. You are the one that broke us down, Lord, that we come to salvation. You are the one that sent your son Jesus to the cross so that we could have relationship with you. And Father, we want to enter into relationship. We want to Lord, be a blessing to you. We want to be blessed by you, God. We want to see those open heavens, Father God. We want to exalt you and praise your holy name, God. We want to be that blessing to you, Father God. We want to be that obedient child to you, God. That, Lord, that we could come in and go out, but, Lord, that we would obey you. And that, Lord, that you continue to fill us with your joy, your strength, your peace, God. That your hand be upon us. That sickness shall not come near us, God. Lord, you said a thousand shall fall at my left, ten thousand on my right, but it's not going to come near us, God. Lord, we pray believing that tonight, God. I pray for every person here tonight, Lord, their battle. Their battle, God. You know it. You know it, God. And Lord, we know that, Lord, you know there are 50 billion trillion stars that you created. So the issues of this life are no problem for you. And we thank you for that, God. And I pray, Lord, that you intervene in our lives, that you make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. Lord, our hope is in you. We trust you wholly, God, completely. And I pray that you just continue to Help us to see what you're up to, Father, that your hand would guide and direct our footsteps. Your loving kindness and your tender mercies would fill us each day. That, Lord, that we could begin to connect with you and begin to have conversations with you like never before. And, Lord, we would always, always, always recognize who you are. Lord, we not go by our feelings, but, Lord, we make declarations of your word by faith, and we watch them manifest in our lives, God. We keep saying it until it just, it's who we are in you, what we believe in you. So, Father, I thank you for this time that we have together. I thank you, Lord, truly, that those that are here or online needed, needed this. And I pray that, Lord, our prayer life would begin to change. Lord, that we begin to just lift up that name above every name, the mighty name of Jesus. We decree and declare who you are. And Lord, that your word would come alive to us as we read it and we would gain understanding. I pray you just be with us, Father, by your spirit every day, every day, every day. And Lord, that your love would just change our hearts and mind. That even as Delanda talked about, Lord, just seeing you in people, Father God, recognizing who you are, Lord, that your loving kindness and your tender mercies would just fill us overflowing today, God. We love you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I know we're not here by chance, God, but we're here because you desire to move on our behalf. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time together in your word. Lord, give us the strength for the journey we're on. Carry us from faith to faith, to glory to glory, God, that you'd be lifted up and exalted. We thank you for this time, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We still have a few minutes. Has anybody got any questions? Anybody have any comments about what I said? <laughs> you good? Well, God bless you then. Have a great night. And... Sundays, well, Friday night we have prayer and it's going to be a healing service. If you need healing, you know somebody that needs a healing, 
bring them on Friday night. And then we have um, Sunday service. We have water baptism. Right behind the screen up there is our water baptism tank. If you haven't been baptized in water, you need to. Robert? You know, regarding what happened yesterday in Texas, you know, I was thinking about all the people that were affected. Yeah. You know, and today I saw a, uh, a post that said, remember the victims, not the shooter. And, you know, that just reminded me that, you know, this guy was going through something, obviously. And I was thinking, you know, we don't know what he was going through right. in his mind. So, you know, we can't hate one and love the others. And we pray for the family, his family, because they were victims too. Yeah. And uh, another thing that came up was... It's tough to separate it. It is, it is. And, you know, but when you read God's word, I mean, that's what it is. And sometimes people have a hard time accepting it. And I know if, if we were on the receiving end of that, it would be a struggle. You know, I'd, I'd have to say, Lord, you know, you have my heart and you know what needs to be done. I'm struggling with it. And I think these people that were affected by it, I mean, you're, you, those are your children. All right. And, you know, I, I was thinking how many are gonna turn to God and say, hey, you know, give me, whether I, I don't understand, just give me peace and healing. Um, Again, you were saying that through all this, God is there, but we're going to ask God, where are you? Where were you? Yeah. So. Why don't we pray for them right I now? I thought about that a lot today. Amen. Father, we just come before you and we, we lift up the families in Texas there, God, that have experienced such great loss. Lord, that your peace would come to them Father God, that you would just touch all who've experienced the loss there, God. Lord, we know this is not of you. This is pure hell. It's an open attack. So we pray that, Lord, that the comforter of the Holy Spirit would be with the parents. Be with the loved ones, God. That, Lord, it not push them away from you, God, but it would draw them near to you, God. And that they would just discover a, a, an amazing God in the midst of this terrible crisis. That, Lord, that they would forgive, be released from the torment of the enemy, and that, Lord, that you give them strength for the journey ahead. We, we thank you for the funeral homes who have stepped up to bless them families, God. And just let these next few weeks, Father God, let your presence rain down on Texas. Fill their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I don't know how comforting it would be when you're in that situation but I felt like the Lord was reminding me as people forget I have a plan it's not their plan it's my plan 
And even though there's robbing that takes place, I'm still the redeemer. Amen. Redeem that situation, Lord. Well, God bless you all. Let's recognize who God is in our prayer life, amen, every day. And have a great rest of your week. Like I said, Sunday's water baptism and stuff, so come on down. It's going to be a great day. Amen? I don't know if your kids are back from the, the rally, so you might have to hang out a bit. Have a good night.